my father, Steve, um, this morning he said, before you start, make sure you press the 20-minute timer. Which is funny, because um, he doesn't do that for his announcements. <laughs> he also knew how to reset it, and he said that um, it, it helps because it can turn a 40-minute talk into a 30-minute talk. And I thought, we haven't any evidence of that. Anyway... Today, we are looking at honesty. Um, we are um, we're in the middle of a series, it's called The Oasis Nine Habits, and we're really exploring, well, we're exploring these nine habits which are based on the fruit of the Spirit. And some of you might think, why aren't we then studying the fruit of the Spirit? Why are we doing these Oasis Nine Habits? Is that plagiarism? Yes. Are we rewriting the Bible a little? Possibly, yes. Two not good things. Um, but really, the heart of this, this project, um, as, as Steve was saying earlier, Oasis works all around the world. It has tens of thousands of staff in the UK. And this is a way of communicating the heart, the beating heart of Oasis to, to an audience which, which doesn't really speak church language. So it's really just, it's, it's a good way. What I will do is I'll start this timer and then restart it when I run out of time. Um, it's a good way of introducing people to the life of Christ, um, the life that Christ modelled. And I absolutely love rules, because absolute rules do away with that kind of middle ground, that moral ambiguity. If we learn to live by laws and rules, then we know what's right and we know what's wrong. Very easy, yes? Yes. Perhaps we can all just go home now then. But I shall continue until my 20 minutes is done. Because there is a problem, and this is the problem. This is a really bad picture. This is a picture of something that Ruth and I were given um, on the day we got married. Um, this was made by my mother's mum. It's cross-stitch. It's pastel colours. There's lots of flowers you can't see it because it's, it's burnt out. Um, um, it says our names and the dates that we were married on. It's lovely. Um, it's not. It's not to my personal taste. But I'm, you, when someone goes to that much trouble, you have to ring and you have to say thank you, do you not? It's only polite. That should be one of our habits, being polite. So I rang my nan and I said, we got your gift. And this is a very tricky conversation to have because I want to do the right thing. I want to live by those moral rules. I want to be honest. I read it. I should be honest and therefore I shouldn't lie. So you have to be very careful in how you steer the conversation. So I said, we, we got your gift. That's very kind of you to go to that much effort. And, and then I thought, quickly, steer the conversation onto Bark. She loves Bark. And I thought, she'll be distracted. She'll forget about this. But she got in first. She said... Do you love it? Uh-oh. What do I do? Do I tell the truth or do I lie? Can I be honest? But we are called to be honest. We have to be truthful. And so I said, no, not really. Let's begin with the frame. <laughs> the frame could be repurposed, though this is not to my personal taste. Perhaps we can find a nice picture to put in there. I said, the font that you've chosen is slightly strange. It's not my kind of font. I would have rather gone with a serif, a serif font. Um, I said, the flowers. I'm not 
a particularly big flower person, but if I was going to have flowers in the home, I probably would have gone with some brighter colours. The, the pastel colours that you've, you've chosen aren't to my particular taste. And as for the purpose of, of what you've created, um, I, I, I can see that it has some, some function. But to be honest, I'll probably just use my, a reminder of my calendar to tell me you know, when our anniversary is coming up. And then the cross-stitch thing. It's, it's just, it's very 80s, 70s. It's, it's just not cutting it. But as harsh as that is to hear, I was true, was I not? I was honest. Yes? I think I should have a round of applause for being so, so honest and truthful. <laughs> no? Okay. The truth is that truths can sometimes tell untruths. I have an example of this. If you ask my mother or Ruth, my wife, to describe me, if you hadn't met me, you might, the, the image that they would conjure might be a little bit like this. The looks of George Clooney, the <laughs> intellect of Stephen Hawking, the athletic prowess of Bolt, and, and the heart of Mother Teresa. They're not lying, they're just incredibly biased. Another example of when, when truths can become untruths, this one a little bit more serious, though actually also quite funny. This is, um, this is a pamphlet which was produced by the National Association opposed to um, women's suffrage. Um, actually, there's a, there's a film that's coming out on this. Um, I think they've just had their, their premiere. Um, what I like about this, this is a pamphlet that's opposing women's suffrage. They don't want women to get the vote. And at the bottom, it says this really funny thing. It says, votes of women... Um, uh, it, <laughs> it's so blurry, can't really read it. Votes of women can accomplish no more than votes of men. Why waste time, energy and money without result? Which is funny, because the National Association opposed to women's suffrage... Went, wasted their time, energy, and money producing this pamphlet, which had no result. But, anyway, this was produced in America. Here are some quotes. Um, this, this was a hot debate. Um, in 1910, 1911, and 1912, there was what was called the Conciliation Bill, and it was basically debating whether or not women should be given the vote in the UK. And this is one of the arguments why it was a bad idea, because... In the pamphlet, it says um, it's got because of this reason and because of this reason. So that's why it starts with a big because. Because women already have the municipal, municipal vote and are eligible for membership of most local authorities. These bodies deal with the question of housing, education, care of children, how, um, workhouses and so forth, all of which are peculiarly within a woman's sphere. Parliament, however, has to deal with mainly the administration of a vast empire, the maintenance of the army and navy, and with... Um, with questions of peace and war, which lie outside the legitimate sphere of a woman's influence. Quite funny. Here's another one. Because there is little doubt that the vast majority of women have no desire for the vote. Not true. But the funny thing is that actually those people weren't lying. It's just what they believed. I mean, I'll go on to why I think they were lying, why I think they told a whopper. But the interesting thing is, they were in this closed sphere. They reinforced the ideas that they believed. They were being honest. They spoke to people who, their, their peers, because the House of, of Commons was full of men. So, so yeah, bias sample there. 
So they, they weren't lying, but what they said wasn't true and it wasn't honest. In 1910, um, when, they, when they brought the, the Conciliation Act to the House of Commons, um, there's a general election, and so they didn't, it didn't get based on. And then in 1911, um, uh, Herbert Asquith, who was the, the Prime Minister, he instead said, we should have a suffrage bill for men. So, so, so rather than the suffrage bill for women, the men got extra, you know, this, this extra bill. And then finally, in 1912, they voted on it, but tw- 222 to 208 said, we don't want this bill. So the people who are elected to represent our thoughts said, actually, this is not what the country wants. We've listened to what people want, and actually, we shouldn't give the vote to women. It's, it's a truth of sorts. But here's why it is not. Because when you reduce truth to just relaying facts, subjective facts, thoughts, then we fall short. That isn't truth at all, I don't think. Because truth can't be boiled down to the articulation and, and boiled down to, to words. Truth, deep truth, goes much deeper than that. If we're restricted to words, then how do we love? Truth goes deeper than that. The reason why that vote was wrong, the reason why my mum and Ruth are right is because they're, <laughs> and they are, um, is because of deep truth. Truth uh, uh, that provides a story which we, be, we can belong to. And it's that story, it's that truth that we have to articulate. So that's the truth that provides a context for everything else. Here is um, Ephesians uh, chapter 5, it's the beginning of it. This is from the message version. And it says, watch what God does, and then you do it. Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was, was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Or in other words, be loving, be joyful, be peaceful, be patient, kind and good and faithful, be gentle and show self-control. Paul had a dream and in the dream he saw Christ and this is how he described him. He said, you want to live life to the full? This is what living's like. And this provides the backdrop for what being honest or how we should be honest So going back to my, um, I'm so sorry that you can't see this because you'd appreciate it how I do. Um, Going back to this cross-stitch thing, um, picture thing, certificate, I don't know what it is. But to tell my nan that it was not to my taste, that is the lie. Because the truth that we have to commit ourselves to is the truth, the greatest truth that Christ shared with us. He said, love God and love your neighbor. That's the big truth. That's the big story. 
And through his ministry and through the, the, the teaching the disciples and through including the people who were excluded, allowing people to, to, to dine with him, he told them the truth, which was, God is on your side. There is a God who loves you. And although society has cast you out, I pull you in. And if that is the big narrative that we live by, if that's the big story, then I have to have the phone call in a very different way. Because I love my nan. And I say, nan, that thing you made me, it is, it's awesome. The fact that you picked a design that, that you love, you picked the colours and the flowers that you love so much. The fact that you spent hours and the, probably the last good hours of our eyesight um, stitching this thing, making this thing, spending hours making it out of cross-stitch. What a th- That's remarkable, really, isn't it? That someone employs their skills and their gifts to give you something precious. And so all of a sudden, it's a lie to say I don't like it because actually the truth that I live by is about community. It's about relationship and it's about love. And so I can only possibly say this is one of the greatest gifts. It's amazing. I love it and I love you because of what you have given me and what you've spent time creating. I think there is another responsibility and that responsibility is to discover truth. I don't think truth is something that always that, that is always evident. I think we have a responsibility to learn more about the truth that we subscribe to. If we believe that Christ loved us, loved his church, if we believe that there is a God who is ultimately for us, then that is something that we need to invest our time and our effort discovering and learning more about. So, I, um, I was listening to a couple of TED Talks this week, and there was, um, there was a guy who was talking about Whitetopia. And Whitetopia, um, he visited different communities in the U.S., which are um, majority, well, in fact, um, made up of just white people, white middle-class people. Um, he's a, he's a, 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 a black reporter, um, and he, he tells quite funny stories about how he visited these communities and threw himself into every aspect of, of, of community life. So he went, to, he went to play golf, and he went to poker nights, and he went to these big mega churches. And, and he even went to an Aryan kind of meeting. Um, very funny stories. But he talks about how whitetopia springs up. And he said, you can talk to people who live in a whitetopia, and some, some of the people are truly racist. But he said some of the people are just getting on with their lives. They're not racist at all. They just kind of, you know, they live where they live and they go along with it. But he said that, that by blindly accepting what has become popular, by blindly accepting all that society says, hey, this is just the way it is, he said we promote and perpetuate lies or, or, or dangerous philosophies. And so I think the same is true of truth. I think the fact that we know this deeper truth, the truth that God is for us, the truth that every person in this room is precious and unique to God, we have a massive mandate to ensure that there is nothing in society that goes the other way. And if we, and if we let those things go the other way, then are we not perpetuating a lie? 
another example, um, another TED Talk that I listened to, um, it was really concerning. It was about um, global warming. And usually global warming um, talks kind of finish with, you know, act now and it's all going to be fine. But this was act now and maybe we'll be okay. So it was like, oh, oh dear. Um, but the truth is that we all kind of go along. The problem with global warming is that we've gone along blindly. We, and we use loads of, loads of electricity. We use loads of resources. We, we buy things that are plastic and then we, we, we chuck them out when we're done with them. I'm, I'm staying with a friend at the moment because we're in the middle of, of moving. And on the wall, there's this amazing... It's a, I should have taken a picture of it. It's a colour wheel. And um, another friend of mine made it for uh, Paul Turner. I'm staying with Paul Turner. And a friend of mine called Nikki made it for Paul. And she, basically, she went to the beach and she picked up loads of plastic. And then she, she stuck it on this huge board and made this colour wheel. And you look at it, you know, and you think, oh, that's cool. It's a colour wheel. But then you, you stop and you think, and it's, this is what we're throwing into the ocean. And it's, it's just all manner of plastic things. Just, and you, look at, you can even tell what some of it was. And it, even when it was new, it was rubbish. Like it was, you know, like Kinder Egg stuff. Like all this stuff we just consume and we consume and we consume and we're screwing up the world, but we, we're unaware of its true impact and so we, we let it happen. But if we followed this truth that God so loved the world, if we follow this truth that God created the world and said it is good, then I think we have a responsibility to learn more we can't just accept that, but we have to know how are we caring for, for this creation. I think we have a massive responsibility, a massive mandate. And so, and so truth is not something that we can just accept, but it's something that we must commit to and, and, and delve into. I want to, to give you one more little story. Um, imagine, I like banoffee pie. Imagine you were making a banoffee pie and you needed two key ingredients. You needed chocolate and you need, needed banana. And so you went to um, the high street and you went into Tesco and you bought your nice bananas. You found some that were nice and yellow and you thought, these are right. You squidge them, the right squidginess factor. And then you find your favourite chocolate, maybe lint, I don't know. And you, you pay for your stuff, you, you hand over a 20 and you, you take your change, you leave, and then you realise that the cashier's given you two tens and not a ten and a five. She's given you too much change. In fact, you've made money from buying bananas and chocolate. <laughs> what do you do? What, you, you know, this is Tesco, so they don't... Well, actually, they do need the money. But, <clears throat> but they've taken it from the community first, right? But you know that you're, you're supposed to be honest, and so you... Go back to Tesco's and you say to the cashier, that you say, you gave me too much change. You hand over your ten and you say, I need five back. And then you leave and you feel good. You've done the honest thing. You've, you've done what's right. But did you give a thought to where the bananas came from? Did it cross your mind that actually the bananas came from a plantation? And although you've, given, you've done the right thing, you've told the honest truth to the cashier, actually you're, you're going along thinking, I'm an honest person, 
But I'm, I'm, in my wake, I'm leaving a lie. And the lie is that these people can work on a plantation. They can work without a fair wage. They can work for a whole day and not afford a bunch of bananas that they pick endlessly. Are you not spreading a lie? And the lie is that those people don't matter. And what about the chocolate? The chocolate that, that comes from the c- cacao seed? The kids, you know, it's kids working again, picking these seeds. They, they live in a shack. They have little food, little water. They're beaten. We don't care because we're going to make our banoffee pie and we've done the right thing. We've told the truth. You gave me too much change. I think we have a deeper responsibility and it's to make sure that everyone knows the deepest truth. And the deepest truth is that God loves us. And that is a truth that each one of us here must know personally. I think you have to know that God loves you. I think you have to have that security. I think you have to know that 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 love doesn't depend on image. It doesn't depend on intellect. It doesn't depend on whether you're able to do the right thing, jump highest, run fastest. It's just that we are created with intent and we're precious. And that's the bottom line truth that you need to know. And the other truth is that God loves the person next to you the same. And God loves the person in the plantation the same. And that's the truth that we have to take to the ends of the earth. And that's the truth that we measure all truths by. So when, when we come up against the moral dilemma of, do I tell a white lie? Do I tell her that I don't like this or that? That's, that's not what this is about. That's not what living like Christ is about. Living like Christ is living with compassion. You know, telling someone that, that you don't like their cross-stitch, that's neither here nor there, because we serve a greater, deeper truth, do we not? That's what we're about. Let me leave you with, um, with a verse, which I... I was going to, um, to read uh, or have read at the beginning. It's 1 John um, chapter 3, and I think the verses are 16 to 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children... Let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. And that, I put to you, is what living honestly is all about. It's not about words or speech, but it's about action. And it's about that core, deep truth that God is for us. And we are challenged to go and share that with our community with the person sat next, to, sat next to us, with our family, and to the ends of the earth. And if we fail, I think we're living a lie. Let me pray for all of us.